Thank you for joining us. Please visit the episode description for a podcast disclaimer. Philip, thanks so much for coming back here to What the Heck is Happening in HR. Happy to be here, Kelly. Let's see what we can do to help our audience today. Great. So uh, you informed us about OSHA when you were here before, and that was great. But I'm trying to figure out where does it fall within the organization? Does it fall in HR? Is it within safety? I mean, what's HR's role in OSHA? Well, number one, it really depends on the size of the employer, Kelly. You know, larger businesses, the question's easier to answer. Usually you're going to have a, a safety department with a uh, with a chief executive of some kind, usually vice president of EHS or workplace safety and health. And that person is going to be the primary contact or the primary decision maker along with the legal department. That's really where you see the driver in big, bigger business. In smaller business, it sometimes falls to HR. And I've got many clients and many friends out there that wear the hat. They wear both uh, the HR hat and they've got a hard hat sitting on their shelf ready to go for their safety roles too. So it really depends on the size of the employer, first of all. So are they coordinated much? I mean, if they aren't within the same department, I mean, well, let's just take, you know, a, a horrible accident of some type, whether there's a fatality or not. I mean, where, where is HR's role? Where's the role? Um, for the reporting piece to OSHA, how, how does that all get coordinated so it looks like one firm or one organization reporting out and, and taking care of the employees? Well, Kelly, I'm going to tell you what, I, what, what it is, but that's not, what it is is not what I think it actually should be. My experience, and again, as I've shared with you before, hundreds of cases, is that the greater the tragedy, the less likely HR is to be involved. Oh. And I think that's wrong. And, and and that's an observation I've, I've made over, as I said, many, many cases. And I think that's just a myth. I think that businesses, com- employers can probably do better in that area. Uh, what I have seen is that you have uh, safety and you have legal uh, take charge and they relegate HR to the role of just dealing with the family, the, the survivors, and, and maybe getting a counselor for employees. Uh, I, I rarely, but I have occasionally seen larger employers and tragic cases involve the HR department in a more deeper level. And I like to see that because after all, this is one of the most ultimate things, um, tragic things an employer or business can deal with is, is the loss of a life. Mm-hmm. And I think that HR professionals can really bring some skills and experience to the table that really helps things go a lot more smoothly. So the way it, there's the way it is, but then there's the way I think it should be. <laughs> yeah, well, don't we all have, we all have opinions around how it could be better or different or what we've seen where perhaps it's gotten in the way. Tell me, um, from your experience and seeing all these cases, I mean, is there a, a cultural thing around safety? Can you really have a culture of safety or is it just... Um, a lot of tchotchkes handed out and awards and rodeos and uh, how how can that best be done? Well, I, I think it can be done. In fact, I've seen it done very successfully. It, it begins at the top 
of the organization, it begins with the non-safety professionals, you know, the CEOs, the CHROs, mm -hmm. and the, the executive team, and they set the tone, but it also goes all the way down to your foreman, and it has to, so it's top down and it's bottom up. Uh, the things you mentioned are all part of the program, but I will tell you, there, there really are, there's four things that, that I think would demonstrate both a, a strong safety culture and will also help you out if OSHA ever shows up. And the first one is to have a very strong safety program. That's your written safety policies and procedures, as specific as how to properly and legally dig trenches and to do fall protection, but also who, who do you report to internally and can employees stop work if they think something is dangerous? The answer, by the way, could always be yes. Mm -hmm. Second thing is effective training. How do you communicate those policies and programs out to employees, well-trained and train them? Third thing is, how do you enforce your policies if somebody breaks the rules? If mm -hmm. someone does expose themselves or someone else to, to a hazard, how do you deal with it? And the fourth one, very important, a lot of employers miss this, is what procedures do you have in place to make to, to detect when employees are not following the rules? You can't just turn a blind eye and wait on them to break the rules. You have to implement something proactive to make sure they are following the rules. So those four things are very important to get that safety culture. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing that because those are things that can be done by about any size organization. I mean, you didn't say create some big extravaganza of expense and big awards. I mean, it can all be at scale for what the business needs. Well, and I think, too, since you're every one of those, I think HR should have a role in. Mm -hmm. I don't think those are not those are not the elements of the safety department. It's the elements of the organization of the employer. And I think that safety professionals really ought to have a seat at the table when it comes to all four of those. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. This was certainly a short but very meaty episode of what the heck is happening in HR. Philip Russell from Ogletree Deacons, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. Bye.